What's going on, good people, and welcome to Relationship Goals. I'm Reverend Kojo, your host. Now, we're talking about how you're relating to your significant other and those landmines you've been navigating with your mother and father. We're talking about your brothers and sisters and how y'all have been nighting day since the time you were born. We're talking about that boss that just doesn't seem to get you, and we're talking about those co-workers that you love. We're talking about that girl from 10th grade that scarred you. Yeah, we're talking about every friendship, kinship, and fellowship that you belong to. Why? Because relationships make the world go round. And if we can hack relationships, we can hack this thing called life. So you've just tuned into Relationship Goals with Reverend Kojo. What's going on, good people? And welcome to the first installment of Relationship Goals. So I'm here, I'm, I'm excited um, about this project, just like I was excited about life school and Bible school and uh, food ventures and all the other stuff that we do here at reverendkojo.com. Y'all, I'm, I'm really excited about this particular series because to some form of fashion, all of us are involved in some type of relationship. Um, even if you have a minimal amount of friends, you got a friendship with somebody. And if you don't, you're interacting with a boss somewhere. Uh, you're dealing with people all day long. And so if we can talk about how to interact with people on a different level, on different levels, um, and, and learn how, how to use the relationships we have to be healthier, to be wiser, to be smarter, to be more fulfilled, I think we're going to come across some things. Now, I'm just going to put it like this. I'm very single, um, and so I don't have, like, this playbook on how to make marriage work. I don't have this playbook on how to make uh, your dating life great. I've had some um, amazing encounters in dating. I've had some terrible encounters in dating. Um, there, there's there been a person or, or two that I've, I thought that I'd marry, and you never know, I might, Um and so, you know, I've, I've kind of covered the spectrum and that that I have not covered. I've been blessed to be surrounded by people who have been able to make it work. I've seen divorce, um, not as much as I've seen good marriage. And I think that's a different kind of perspective than a lot of folks have. A lot of people see a lot of divorce and a lot of breakup um, and then they don't, they don't see healthy relationship. I was incredibly blessed to be raised by two loving people who really love each other, who are really into be, being ple- pleasing God. Um, and, and their marriage exemplifies that. And so I, I came from a household where I got to see that. Um, but I also had, um, very close friends of my parents and relatives who were very single. Um, and some of them, you know, were chased for years and years and years still are chased. Um, some of them are very celibate for God and some people are not celibate. Um, and I've seen how those relationships have played out. Um, in my very, in my years, I've, I've been surrounded by people who, who, who make a whole lot of different decisions and I've seen how relationship works. I've experienced different relationships. I've been ostracized. I have been blackballed. <laughs> I have watched friendships go from the high, the peak to the pit in a matter of hours. Um, and, and looking back, there are things that I would do different and there are things that I wouldn't change. I've had relationships that I was certain that we would we would t- stand the test of time and we didn't. And then I've had friendships that have lasted 20 years. Um, and so I just want to talk about relationship as a whole. And then we're going to talk about relationships um, in, in a lot of their specificity. I, I, you know, I don't even think I said that right. You know, we're, but we're going to talk about the specifics of um, relationships. Uh, we're going to have some guests, some people who have made marriage work. We're going to have some people who didn't have marriages that worked, people who had deal breakers and they didn't realize they were deal breakers when they were younger. Um, I'm really excited about this show. 
Um, and, and and if you'll bear with me, y'all, we're gonna we're gonna really have a ball with this. I'm we're gonna hit talk about some stuff people are not talking about, and you definitely don't have people who have the title Reverend in front of their name talking about this stuff too often. But it's stuff that we need to talk about. Um, and we need to talk about it uncut. We need to talk about a lot of stuff, folks. Relationships with the church. Let's talk about that. That's some stuff we need to talk about too, uh, because your relationship with the church often will tell a lot about your relationships else elsewhere. Your relationships with your mom and daddy will tell a lot. You know, people. <laughs> it's very clear to me often when people have bad relationships with their parents. Often it, it it shows up in all the other relationships. When you don't get along with your brothers and sisters, um, a lot of times it shows up in in how you treat your friends and how you treat your significant others. So. I'm hype, 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 hype about this song, this show. But today, I just want to make sure we we establish what relationship is. And so, when we look at relationship first, I want to look at the um, the ending of the word the ship, because it's, it it shares something, and you have a relationship. Often, a relationship is is parallel to a kinship. Um, if you're having a relationship, you're in fellowship. Um, and so, all of the you know that ship. <laughs> What a ship, what a ship, I heard um, an old, old preacher say. But all of them play off of each other. So if we have a relationship, that means we are relating to something in the world. I can have a relationship with peanut butter. And I actually do have a relationship with peanut butter. It's not as severe as some people's, uh, but I like peanut butter on my apples. And so my relationship to that is that I like it, and it, I like it with apples. And I like it in some other places. I have a relationship with meat. Uh, where some people are vegan and they don't have a relationship with meat. I have a relationship with meat. I, I, I value meat. Um, if we talk about uh, vegetables, starches, and meat, meat is my number one. <laughs> meat is my number one. Um, and then vegetables is number two by default and the starches are number three. I'm fond of all three, but my, I'm, my, my number one is meat. And But that may be different from you. I have a very dear friend of mine where starches is her number one. And it's just how she relates as a person to certain things. But as we relate to things, we also relate to people. Um, and so the, how I relate to a certain person may not be parallel to how you relate. Um, I think a lot of us find ourselves in situations where our friend group loves this person. Man, we love Jody. We love Jody, 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 Jody. And then you meet Jody and you're like, why in the world do y'all like this person? Don't bring them around me. I don't want no parts of that. You can leave, miss me with that. And a lot of us, you know, and, and so why is it like that? Why do we have our certain preferences? Why are we hungry to spend time with others um, and not, not these people? And I think we should talk about it. And I would just be transparent, transparent, transparent. I was sitting in a class this evening, actually not long ago, and there was a guy sitting in the front, and he irked my nerve. Never met this man in a day of my life. But his, the, his presentation to the world irked my nerves. We're sitting in the class. It's the first time the class has met. We've been in school for three weeks now, and due to inclement weather and holidays and the fact that our professor was in Ireland and wasn't supposed to teach his class, we've not met until this day. So this is the first day that we've met. This gentleman was sitting in the front row, not paying attention at all. And let's be real, he was a black, he was a black man. Um, and so I, you know, I felt like he was representing me. Uh, because there were only three black people in the class, and one of them was straight from Africa. Um, and so, you know, you, we're already stereotyped typed in a place where we are only 6% uh, of the representation on campus. And you are, first, he's representing himself. He's sitting, on the, he's sitting on the front row not paying attention. He's eating 
candy, like not even like a nice candy. He's eating a candy that obviously causes all types of issues. He's eating it in abundance. And he's drinking this, this sugary drink behind him. He doesn't have on decent clothes. And this is a graduate level class. Now, if you know anything about graduate level class, you dress up, you go to, you, you put on real clothes to go to a graduate level class. When you're in undergrad, it's almost acceptable to show up in whatever you please. Nobody's really sweating you unless you're in the college of business. And then on some days, it, depending on the teacher, you show up in real clothes. Well, this is a graduate level class, black guy sent, sitting on the front row, and he is not paying attention. He's eating candy that's smelling up the class. And if you know me, I hate candy. <laughs> and and he's, he doesn't look like he's taking a bath. And I was perturbed beyond measure at this guy. Never met this guy, never had a conversation, don't know his story, but I was perturbed. And so I'm trying to sit there and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, this, I shouldn't be judging him, A. But B, at the same time, mom and daddy taught me that you are a representation of where you come from. And it it put it messed it made me upset that he was in some ways a representation into some people a representation of me, and I he darn sure we did never met we don't we don't look alike we don't dress alike but we shared the same skin and so the way that he was relating to me in the world offended me, and 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 he's probably never been encountered anybody who would ever think of, think of the such but I also am one of those people who who. I believe in you. You put on your best foot forward when you get dressed. You represent yourself when you get dressed. Um, and so I was irritated, and I'm trying to pay attention to this lady speak, and she's got an accent, so I really needed to pay attention. But I was so perturbed by this guy, and so we're going to talk about not not necessarily today, but we're going to talk about why it is that we relate to certain people well, and some certain people we don't. Um, why certain people we have predispositions toward. Um, and I know a lot of people don't want to believe it, but some people we do have predispositions toward. I know for a fact some people have a predisposition to a person who is wrapped in melanated skin, regardless of how well we are dressed. I, and and that's, that's the reality of, of, of where we live. Some people, not all people. I know that in certain circumstances, if I'm in a, in a room full of black people and a white person walks in, there's already a predisposition toward the person who walked in. That doesn't mean they're a bad person. That doesn't mean that they are, um, you know, anything. It doesn't even mean that they fit into the box in which our brain has placed them in. It just means we have a predisposition toward them. And so a lot of us don't realize we have these. Um, and, and it happens in the same way when it comes to whom we're attracted to. Got a really good friend of mine who has this list. And I have a list, too. Uh, but her list is, is, is very cut and dry. And, and while my list <laughs> is more so internal with a couple of external traits, hers is for the most part external. If you're not a certain height, she's not going to give you the time of day. Uh, if you're not a black man, she's not going to give you the time of day unless you're like... And she, she has very few exceptions to that rule. Um, and then, of course, if you don't believe in her, her Lord and Jesus, Savior Jesus Christ and you don't laugh at what she laughs at, she's, she's not going to give you the time of day. And so there's a lot of people, because she's, she's quite tall, that <laughs> she leaves out. Um, but when we think about this, all of us do it. And we just do it in different ways. Um, and, and, and if you were to say that you don't do it, you're lying to yourself. And because this this whole th idea that I'm colorblind is boo boo, uh, <laughs> because even colorblind people can see the difference in shade, 
Um, but the, the way that we were raised and the places that we were raised in and the ideals and the ideas that were planted into us over time and as, at a young age and as we have grown and matured shapes the way that we think and perceive things. The same way that fried chicken excites me. If I see church's chicken, I get disgusted. Okay, and that's not the case for everybody because people line up outside of Church's Chicken every Sunday, every Sunday at one o'clock in Birmingham at every Church's Chicken. There's going to be a line to the street and it is a cultural mechanism. But I despise it like everything unhealthy, everything that I do not want in my life is represented to me in church. I haven't had Church's Chicken in over 10 years and I probably won't have it again, Um, but I have a predisposition toward it. Um, just the same way as, as canned food. Now, I ate canned food as a kid, but like canned vegetables and stuff, like I don't want it. If it's not fresh, I don't want it. But I, over the last year or two, I have been predisposed to the fact that most things have soy in them, and I'm very allergic to soy. Um, so if it came in a can, I'm probably allergic to it, and so I've trained myself not to want it, not to eat it. Um, and at the same time, I've trained myself to like the fresher food, okay? And so my relationship with canned food is now negative where it was once positive. Um, as a kid, I liked, I preferred canned food over um, fresh food because the people who cooked fresh, most fresh vegetables didn't season them. And so it wasn't until my family began to cook fresh vegetables that I became, I became a fan of fresh vegetables because they seasoned them. And so the seasoning changed my perception of them. Okay, I hope you're following me. So often, we, we have a predisposition toward people only based on one encounter that we've had or just a couple of encounters that we had. I hear all the time women talk about men and they say, well, men do this, men cheat. All men don't cheat. I can think of several men that I know who are disgusted by cheaters, okay, and, and, and are, are akin to being faithful and have been raised by men who are faithful, and it is their goal to try to uphold the vows that they take or the commitment that they make to their partners. But because somebody has been exposed to people who have um, cheated on them, who have not been faithful, who have made it normal for them to um, do things that are that are are not within the agreement, they just ha- have grown to accept or to see that men are cheaters, and that's not the case. Um, and so, when you're exposed to certain situations and you're surrounded by situations where the multitude of the people around you, because it may not be the multitude of people in existence or society, but the multitude of people around you are akin to one trait, it shapes your whole dynamic of everything. I go to church in a very lo- uh, low, low economic area. A lot of those kids have not been exposed to beyond um, much beyond our city, and uh, and really just their city because they, most of them don't even leave. The outer skirts uh, don't go to the outskirts of the metropolitan area, um, and so they 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 have their ideas built on what they see from day to day, and so uh, one of the things that I do is I have my mom and my dad and, and several other adults come in and drive them to some of our games and things of that nature, and my mom and a few of her friends have very nice cars, incredibly nice cars, very nice cars, um, very status symbolic. And I remember one kid asked, what does your mom, what kind of drugs does your mom sell? Because I want a car like that. Because the only people that they had ever seen drive a car like that or anything similar sold drugs. They were a kingpin. They, uh, they did things that were illegal. And that was their livelihood. 
And so because that was the way that they saw that people made money in their reality, they assumed that everybody else in the world did that. Well, well, my mom doesn't sell drugs. My, my mom is a, um, she runs a court, uh, she's a court administrator. And, and she has worked her way up over the years to get to the place that she is at. And so when we start to look at our reality, it is so important that we take our, we are first exposed to more than what we are used to. You may be from Birmingham, but you need to go see Atlanta. You need to see Nashville. You need to see LA. You need to see Texas. You need to see London. You need to see Australia. You need to see parts of Asia. You need to go see islands. You need to go, and if you're if you're from Birmingham, you need to see Montgomery and Mobile. You need to go see uh, the Florida Keys and Orlando and Pensacola. You need to go out and you need to go see Savannah, Georgia. You need to see New York, New York City. You need to go see the different boroughs of New York City because it's very different. If you go to New York and you just didn't spend time in Harlem, you're doing yourself a disservice. Harlem is great. I got a lot of cultural moments in Harlem, but I also learned more in Brooklyn. Uh, I learned a lot on Wall Street. When I spent time in Manhattan, I got a different feel for things. When I spent some time in uh, Central Park, I got a different feel for things. As I went and then I explored Chicago. Um, and so what I found over time is that we, when we don't expose ourselves, we limit our, our abilities. And so in a relationships, you can't just hang out around a certain side of people and say this is how all people act. You can't just go to certain places and assume that all black people act one way. Uh, because I'll be very frank with you, the black people that I spend time with in the world of academia are very different than the people that I, I play, that I coach in basketball and are very different from the people that I, I teach at the same church. <laughs> different demographic of people within the same setting. The people who are at the beauty shop and the barbershop are, are different demographic of people than what they what I experience at family reunions and then even family reunions there are different demographics of people within my family and 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 different sides of the family and, and as we go through different sets of the family there is a different way that we are accustomed to behaving and what we expect of people is completely different and so the way that we treat people we can't just lump people in uh, different groups and, and I say that because of this I can go to there's an, a neighborhood in, in Birmingham called West End I can go to West End, which is akin to having some of the worst murder rates in Birmingham. And I can go over there, and you would assume that everybody there is, is wants for nothing, but that is not true. Uh, there are several people who are there who are, are just a, who love the neighborhood, but they grew up there, and they decided they weren't going to leave. And so they are just deciding that they're going to pour in their homes, and they're going to update their homes, and their homes are actually nice and could, could roll in any of the other gentrified neighborhoods. But because not enough people committed to gentrifying that neighborhood, um, it is assumed that everybody there wants for nothing, and that's not the case. And the same goes in other, in other affluent areas where you could have uh, a beautiful neighborhood. As a matter of fact, my parents' street, most people are really into making sure their yards are pretty, but there are about two people on their street that don't do the, <laughs> that don't cut the grass, that don't rake, <laughs> don't tend to everything else. Um, and so people, and, and, and it's, it's the least, it's the people you would least likely expect. And so when we start talking about relationships and, and relating to people, First, we have to take ourselves and expose us to other people because when we expose ourselves to other people, our worldview goes, grows. And as our worldview grows, then we can begin to relate to people in different ways. You'll find out you got more in common with folks than you really think. You'll find out that people from different places, you're very similar to them and they're very different at the same time. Um, and as we explore such, 
um, we're going to talk about all these issues and we're going we're gonna to try to fix the way that we see the world. And we can't fix everything. I can't fix your brain and I can't change your experiences. But I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet that your experience of the world is not the only experience of the world and it's not the, a total view. And I'm willing to bet that my experiences are not a total view. But let's, let's have a dialogue and let's talk about how we're relating to people we don't even know. Let's talk about the people that we are, we are calling our lovers and friends and, and, and friends and, and uh, family. And let's see why they do what they do. And I think we'll be in for a great ride. So this is relationship goals. Like I said, I'm very excited about it. I think it's going to be really fruitful if we'll just hang in there. Y'all be blessed. And until next time, this is Relationship Goals with Reverend Kojo.